but welcome back to oh here's a little marketing for you i'm ellen sorry so i'm ellie i'm john and each week we just talk about a little bit of marketing um to help share a little bit more information to small businesses and nonprofits. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about blogging. I'm really excited about this week. Um, one, because I really love blogging and I really love writing. Um, and we have a what very a special person. You love blogging. That's why you hired me. <laughs> I know, but like, I mean, who loves it? It's very fun. I will say, throwing the, the tiniest bit of shade, I did have a high school teacher that told me that I should never go into a career that had write, a writing component because I would not succeed. Are you serious? Jokes on that person. So That's here we are. Super yeah. nasty. So so there you go. Look at that. Look at what I did with that Thanks. constructive criticism. <laughs> Look at you go. Um, so anyway, we're really <laughs> thank you. We are really excited because this week we are going to have our very first guest, Rachel Lewis. Rachel is an account manager at Shouted Out Design, and she was John's very first employee back in 2016. <laughs> and she is a word Ooh. wizard. Welcome, Thank you. Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. We're so glad we're here. So we'd love to start with just getting to know a little bit more about you before we get into our topic, which is blogging like I talked about. So tell me a little bit more about how long you've been in the marketing and content creation world and kind of what got yeah. you into it. Um. So probably since 2006 when I graduated college, um, which ages me. But um, yeah, I was interested in the whole writing field. I thought originally I'd go into journalism. And then once I had a, an experience, a couple experiences with um, the college paper when I was at Denison, I realized I don't like that. I don't like content leaving my hand and then being at the mercy of someone else and then getting published with my name on it. Um, so I pivoted, um, and went into PR and communication. So I finished my schooling up at Ohio state, um, and graduated in, right before the, um, recession. So I started working for my dad. Well, kind of in the middle, I guess it started right about then started working for my dad in the automotive world. And then, um, once things weren't quite so scary straight out of college, I moved into what I was passionate about doing marketing and communications directly for um, nonprofits first and then back into the for-profit world. That's awesome. So what would you say is your favorite part about creating content for clients? Um, learning about all of the worlds that you didn't know existed. Um, it's so interesting. I know more about asphalt than I think I would ever have expected. <laughs> um, you know, right now the clients that I get to work with range from asphalt to pies, um, to a working dairy farm. Um, they're all over the place and it's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I love digging in and learning, um, learning deep knowledge about these different topics that otherwise you wouldn't know about. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of working like for an agency too. Cause I, I worked, you know, at, a company where like all we did was market like that one company's product and like that's great and it's fun but it's just so much fun to get to yeah. learn more about all these different worlds like you said and and kind of take different pieces from each of them that you wouldn't necessarily expect to take into other industries as well so that's awesome so if you had to choose like one tool that you use for work that like changes your life right now what would you say other than slack 
R.I.P. R.I.P. Slack for a shout out. Um, every podcast that I go on. It's been down like three times in 2022. Oh, so um, I decided yeah. that every podcast that I am, I guess, on forthwith, I will talk about Slack because um, it just feels appropriate. Um, right now, it's a Canva. Canva is amazing, especially since we upgraded to the paid version. Um, within blogging, you know, it doesn't necessarily fit so much, but imagery goes hand in hand with everything that we do, especially with social media content. And um, it's just so easy to use and makes me feel kind of like a rock star sometimes when I put stuff together and I'm like, whoa. So, Canva. This podcast is sponsored by Canva.com. I would second that. I wish. We talk about all the time who we would want to have our sponsors be. Canva yeah, there's like a new sponsor that pops up the episode and what we talk about. So one of these days we're going to be making a ton of money from this. <laughs> yeah, we'll get like a referral bonuses. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Um. So what is the very, Rachel, what is the very best piece of advice that you've ever received in your yeah. career? So I saw this as I was prepping um, and I don't know that I have like a moment where someone gave me profound advice, but there was a company that I worked for that put a lot of value on getting to know yourself, embracing your weaknesses. And um, in particular, looking at how do you respond to stress? How do you communicate to others? How do you like to be mm-hmm. communicated to and really owning that, you know, when I'm stressed, I feel like it's the end of the world and I shut down completely. And so when I know that's my stress response, then I can say, is it really the end of the world or is this just what I do when I get stressed? Or knowing I'm very direct to people and I want people to be direct back, um, that's helpful. But then you meet someone else who doesn't want to be communicated to that way and you can pivot. So I think that would be it, is really embracing those kinds of um traits about yourself. What happens when you're stressed? How do you like to communicate to others? Um, how do you like information to be given to you? And be candid about that with other people around you because then they can support you. And I feel like you have a more authentic relationship um, with with the coworkers. Absolutely. Okay. So if I could like just talk about how great Rachel is for a second. You uh-huh. gave that same piece of advice to me when I started at Shout Out Design. And so one of the things we've stayed very consistent about over the years is those things, you know, learning how each person prefers to be um, communicated to and how they communicate, learning what it looks like when one of your team members is feeling stressed out, like all these different things. And I feel like our team just vibes mm-hmm. really well because we're really upfront and honest and we keep our communication really, really high, even though we're in three yeah. different states, which is so, so cool. We're missing one team member. Sheba's not here. Sheba will be okay. a guest soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so funny because we have like most of the team except for Sheba. So What's shout up? out to Sheba. We miss you. Um, so my last question before we get into our topic about blogging, what is your very favorite social media channel? So I think it depends on whether I'm a consumer or a producer for consuming content, TikTok. There's so much work that has to be done to creating a great TikTok. And I'm just, that's, I'm not there yet, um, with what's going on in my workload Mm -hmm. and personal life. And so I'm not ready to be a content producer on TikTok. But for producing content, I'd still say Facebook. I know that sounds dinosaurish, but for most of the clients that I work with, at least, their um, client base is the audience that's engaging with Facebook. And so we tend to get more um, interactions that way and more traffic generated to websites um, through Facebook. So that's that's what I enjoy. 
I love what you said about TikTok about you love it from the user experience, but you recognize that you're not ready to create content for it yet. I think we talked about that on our first episode of like, you know, we've had a few clients come to us and be like, should we be on TikTok? And I'm like, are you prepared to put out like at least three videos a day, if not more? Because if you're not, then like probably not. But, you know, you can work up to it over time. I'd have to say my favorite one, just I want to share this because I just discovered it this week. My favorite one as a user is currently Be Real. Have you guys heard about it yet? John and I Uh both did a head tilt. Yeah, the, the old, the old, oh, and I pulled, I pulled muscle in my, muscle in my neck too because I'm so old. I don't what, know. What's that? I don't know if it's gonna. <laughs> what are they selling? Um, does anybody get that? What are they selling? Or is that past all of your times as well? No. What is it? Mm, Make me showing feel really my old. lack of age. It's a SpongeBob mm. reference. Mm. I watched SpongeBob, but I, I haven't made it through all the same Love seasons, SpongeBob. So. The chocolate episode. What are they selling? Chocolate. No? Okay, anyway, this new app that I'm really excited about. (laughs) This new app that I'm really excited about is called Be Real. And it's kind of like a simplified Snapchat. I'm not sure if it's going to catch on, but I am interested in it. So it gives you a notification at a random time throughout the day. And you have less than two minutes to post a picture of whatever you're doing. There's no, like, caption. There's no filters there's no like anything it's just like whatever you're doing in that very moment and then you don't get to see everybody else's posts for the day until you post your picture so it kind of is i think the thought process is kind of bringing back a little bit more authenticity to the social media space um but i heard about it from my friends that work with college students that they started using it because they were using it when they were still in high school. So it sounds like it's starting with like the younger crowd and making its way up. So it'll get to y'all someday. Hmm. Or not. What what was the one that you tried to get me on last year? That Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse. Kind of fizzled. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of fizzled is one way to put it. Yeah. It was really hot for a second. Then it went away. Exactly that amount of time. I have to draw attention to the fact that I am very delayed, so it's going to seem to you like I'm talking over you, and then it's going to seem to me like you're you fine. guys you're don't our, hear me. You're our foreign co- correspondent <laughs> on location. <laughs> the satellite internet, it's fine. Yeah. Besides I'm the out fact here. that the only people that listen to this are the, the people in this room and then Ellen's parents, so it's fine. And Ellie's mom. Aww. Oh, Ellie's mom. Okay, so that's the combined that's like it. six listeners, so don't don't stress. She'll understand, Which, though, because she lives with the crappy internet that I am now a part of, apparently. so That's true. <laughs> Plus, it's her fault. Should you give a shout out to her amazing mug that mm-hmm. you cho- chose? Yeah, mugs up. Let's see what you got. Shout it out to Susan Hicks, um, powered by coffee and yarn. <laughs> and if uh, there's anything nice. that described my mother better, I would love to see it. Um, she's obsessed with crocheting. Give that mug a little more center frame. Get that yeah, get more closer. in the center. You gotta get you gotta get in the center. There you go. Yes. So cute. Love it. Powered by and coffee what kind and of tea yarn. Are you um oolong. What kind of tea are you drinking in there? <laughs> oolong tea? Okay. <laughs> Slash Merlot. <laughs> Merlot, the 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 I was gonna think of a good slogan for the tea, but I can't. <laughs> You've been drinking tea a lot, so it's okay. We'll move on. 
All right. So that's a perfect segue. It's not, but (laughs) today we want to talk about blogging. And I think one of the biggest questions we get from our clients, especially if they're considering starting a blog, is what should I blog about? Um, And I think one of the things you're going to see throughout this entire conversation is we're going to bring up – I came up with an acronym based on the other po- the other podcast that we've recorded, and John kind of made fun of me, I think, a little bit for it. But with blogging and everything else, <laughs> it needs to follow PCS. Did you plan? Did you stay consistent? And is it sustainable? So you're going to see us talk about those three things sort of throughout our entire conversation. But I kind of want to kick it to Rachel first. Can you if kick a client, it? what? See, that's, that's a joke that Rachel Rachel would help me out with. No, I didn't hear you. I said, "Can you kick it?" Yes, I can. It is oh, a song. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there okay. we go. Right, see, yeah, that's, that's, we're gonna we're gonna fight back against your 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 yuppie <laughs> social and come up with some yeah. old people songs. <laughs> just you're just jealous because you're not a zillennial. I'm definitely not. I'm sorry. Continue <laughs> on. Um, so Rachel, when a client comes to you and says, what should I even blog about? What are you going to say to them first? Good question. Um, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I usually start with frequently asked questions. Um, that's a good place to get them comfortable with content. Um, and it's usually the most, um, fruitful source. So, whether it's if they have a call center talking to those people about the questions they get, um, the sales team or the help desk, if depending on the size of the company, um, they usually have some good thoughts as well. So um, sometimes that looks like a quick, like bulleted list, but other times there are topics that they get asked about that warrant enough space for a full blog post um, on their own. And then typically we'll, I like to encourage them to revisit those things and answer them either in a different way or in a deeper fashion so that they've got um, deep content on those topics because most likely if people are asking Mm -hmm. them about it, people are searching for it as well. That's a good one. I like to start with that one. And I also like starting with asking them, what do you do better than everybody else? Um, Especially for a lot of our clients, like they can very quickly say like, you know, what makes Mm -hmm. them stand out? And then normally within that, you know, there's, an entire blog post around, you know, why your customer service should be set up a certain way or, you know, a certain feature of a product um, that's important to have that only our client has and, and, you know, their competitors don't. So kind of like the frequently asked plus like, what do you do better than everybody else? Because, you know, there's something about you that makes you like very special. So that's awesome. What about you, John? If you had to write a blog tomorrow... For Youngster Dairy, what would you write it about? Well, Rachel took my answer because probably because she heard it me me say it yeah. in so many meetings that mm-hmm. she just took it like yeah. So thank you, thank you for that because I, I always think of the the technical aspect of that. Like you you got onto it in the, at the end of your point of if one person asks it, other people are searching for it, and so when people mm-hmm. are searching for it, they go to Google or Bing if you're <laughs> ask some people. Jeeves. But most people go to most people <laughs> ask Jeeves. I, I asked Jeeves the other day. He didn't he didn't respond, but people go to Google and ask those same questions. And that's one of the purposes for writing blog entries is to lead them to your website. So frequently asked questions are, are, are always a good one. But I, I always like, I mean, you think of blogs as a storytelling, a kind of adventure for your business. So Young's, um, you know, our story is more or less told. 
but there's there's you know there's intricacies within the, in the family that people may or may not know or like you like to hear the history of the first generation youngs and why they did what they did and then so on and so on and so on so i think those are interesting topics that we really don't we really don't have time to dive into because we're too busy dipping ice cream and milking cows but those are uh, those are what other companies could do is tell the history of their business why they got to where they are and et cetera, et cetera. i also think kind of going off that john we get a lot of clients that they want their about page to be a very, very, very long page sharing in depth the history of their company, especially because we work with a lot of companies that have been around for 40, 50, 60 years. Um, And so a great thing to do is kind of parcel that out, get to the meat of your about page, and then take all the rest of that and turn it into two or three blogs of sharing the story of your company. And a lot of the times it's, you know, the family story as well, like you were saying. So instead of kind of putting that all into one really long about page that somebody might not read, encourage them instead to go to other pages on your website, have certain calls to action that encourage people to look at your product or look at your service or your events coming up, and then create more opportunities for your audience to engage instead of just one really, really long page. That no one will read. Yeah, that nobody will read. Yeah. Make it a series of posts that no one will read. There's a tool in particular (laughs) that I like, um, portent.com, if you've heard of it. It gives you interesting um, prompts for your your topic. Um, So it really helps if you're kind of in a rut or you feel like I have said everything that there is to say about this. So you enter a subject, like let's say we're writing about um, homemade ice cream and you generate an idea and it gives you silly things like how homemade ice cream can help you survive a filibuster. Um, why homemade ice cream will make you question everything, how Hollywood got homemade ice cream all wrong. So it gives you a lot of these kind of fun title ideas that you might not write about in particular, but it, it almost always gives me a spark to, um, go down a, a path with a new topic idea when I feel like I've run dry. Oh, see, now you're giving away your secrets. So now when I think of you coming up with a clever title, I'm like, well, you here's the thing, John, anyone can go to portent.com. <laughs> it's writing the content. Anyone can take a I'm topic curious, idea. How long have you been using, how long have you been using that time. tool? Um, has it become more clickbaity over the past like five years? Like of sure. the titles like yeah. skewed? And I try to avoid that, but okay. every once All in a while right. I do have content that fits into that kind of clickbaity um, yeah, that, that kind of fits. If it fits it authentically, then I'm okay for somewhat clickbaity titles. I just did one for an asphalt client called Five Potholes You Have to See to Believe um, because they crazy. The potholes be crazy, um, and they do. But otherwise, like that, that clickbaity stuff, if it doesn't fit in with what you're creating, what the content is, then that's not going to be a good experience um, for your visitors, and it's not going to help with your goals that's cool. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for giving us that tool because you, you haven't talked about it before. So now thanks for bringing it to the team. Gatekeeping from the rest of your team. That's yeah. Fine. Remember, team starts with a T, ends in an E-M. I was trying to bring a nugget of value to this podcast that I will never be on again. Um, bring a nugget of value it, to you your know, team. We like You know what, ideas. John? If you had read my previous blog on shoutoutdesign.com about how to write your blogs, you would have seen this referenced. So it's not new. I did. I was just testing you to make sure you remember what else that is you in wrote there, it. John? Good stuff. <laughs> Lots of information. <laughs> I'm going to go back to drinking my oolong. 
So I think that that's one thing to keep in mind as well with your blog, what John was saying about good stuff, is making sure it's not just the same thing over and over again as well. So making sure that you kind of mix up which topic you're going to use, like especially the more like company focused things. So like your history or, you know, team member spotlights or, you know, team accomplishments or team events, like those things are all really great. And like your diehard fans for your um, brand are going to love those. But Unfortunately, the general population does not. What the general population is looking for is an answer to whatever they just typed into their Google search bar. And, you know, your hope with blogs over time, we lost Ellie again, your (laughs) hope with blogs over time is that, you know, maybe your page will start showing up when somebody searches for certain things. Um, So, you know, also kind of figuring out going back to that question we were asking about, you know, FAQ, also kind of figuring out what are the hot topics in your industry right now and what can you add to that conversation? Mm-hmm. Not what can you regurgitate yes. from all of the different news outlets, but what can you actually add to bring a new light or bring new information to the conversation while also keeping in mind that, you know, How out there do you want to get? So, you know, is your opinion or is your added thought going to, you know, really go against the grain? Is it going to create like some angry customers? Um, Is that the approach you're going for? Then great. But, you know, sometimes it might mean kind of pulling back your opinion or just giving the facts or just giving the information that you can. So kind of figuring out, you know, what what's going on in your in your industry? What can you do to add value? while only ruffling the feathers that it's worth ruffling those feathers? I think that's a really great point, Ellen, and to... Um, keep in mind what your voice is. Your, if you don't have a brand voice established mm-hmm. for your company, thinking about that before you begin to blog or if you're auditing your blog or trying to improve the presence can really help guide you because not every business needs to weigh in on the current events that are happening in the world because it's not necessarily on brand. And it helps me too writing for different clients. Mm-hmm. I have some clients that write with kind of a tongue-in-cheek, fun um, voice. And then I have other clients that um, they're friendly, but they're an authority, and certain things wouldn't work, you know, mm-hmm. for, for both. Um, so I think identifying what you want your voice to be, um, how you want people to feel about you can help guide you in what's the right content for me. Does that fit with my voice? Absolutely. I think uh, one good example that comes to mind is we have a manufacturing client that, um, you know, obviously over the last two years, there have been um, a lot of issues with many different supply chains. And there are many reasons as to why that is. And so they wanted to write a blog specifically about the steel shortage in the United States. Um, What they didn't do is add in, you know, like the political or social opinions that they had about it. But instead, they focused on what you can say how to march. Hi, Marge. (laughs) Marge. Instead, they focused on um, what the steel shortage was going to be, um, what the projections were for how long it was going to last, and then what that means for their customers and the products that they're going to receive from that client that we're talking about. So kind of answering a lot of questions, putting a few clients at ease. And then like what you said, Rachel, talking about what what applies to them in whatever's going on in that specific industry situation or you know global situation um, and kind of focusing on that and focusing on the facts or you know the added opinions that are going to matter to your specific audience but you know not just throwing something out of left field that's not necessarily going to matter um, to your audience or to your business in the long run We're- yes <laughs> the <laughs> word. 
So let's talk a little bit. We kind of exhausted everything about topics, and I'm sure some more topic ideas will come up throughout this conversation. But let's talk a little bit more about frequency. And I kind of touched on this briefly at first about the PCS that I'm going to start using. Did you plan? Can you say consistent? And is it sustainable? I'm going to start saying that all the time, and my team is going to hate me for it. By the way, I like it. I saw it in your notes before. I liked it then. I liked it when you made fun of me for making fun of another acronym. I like it now. I'll like it later when you bring it up. Just make sure that you know that you're praised and loved. <laughs> well, you asked a very generic question, and then I answered it, and you didn't respond. And I was like, Keelix, this is lame. Yeah. you. Ellen was like, oh, if, if you don't like it or whatever. And then there was no response. Well, maybe I, maybe I glazed over it. Sorry. Sometimes I do that. I, I don't know if you know this. Sometimes my you mind, do that. My mind is often in different places. <laughs> what? No. You do a great job focusing on these things and showing up when we need you to, so you're all good. Thank you. Thank you. You showed up, John. <laughs> oh, yay. That's, that, well, see, that's what my boomer generation is all mad about, is participation ribbons. Mm. <laughs> Don't get Rachel started. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's my, I made the conscious decision not to include that in my grinds my gears, because it could have been. That's good. Excellent. Oh, believe me, there's lots of things that could be in all Grenzer gears, but we try to keep it focused. Like we try said. to keep it focused on what's going to matter for our industry and what's going to matter right. for our it, customers. It doesn't fit with the brand voice. Yeah, we can do we can do offline grinds my gears oh. for hours. Yes, with more coffee cups. So let's talk a little bit more about frequency and length. What do you guys think? You know, when a client asks you, "How often should I blog?" or "How long should these blog posts be?" What what's the advice that you normally give them? Um, usually, yeah, usually my go-to is I don't want to make things harder for you. The point of the resources that we're providing, mm-hmm. like content for your website, is to make life easier for you. So um, if it's not reasonable to create more than one a month, you know, okay. Um, Content-wise, I feel like I don't always aim for a word count unless we're trying really in particular to reach um, a certain keyword. Um, typically, it's it's what, what the topic warrants. I mean, is there enough to say that I could write 1200 words about it, then I then that makes sense. If there's not enough to say, then trying to make it um, reach a certain word count is just gonna be painful for your reader. Um, so I don't really have a hard and fast rule. But there have been clients that I've worked with that we've gotten um, really deep content that um, was helping with their their search goals to to really go into almost like a white paper, like extremely detailed um, resources noted, you know, more than just your average skimmable blog. This is something that someone that really wants to take in information about the topic is going to sit down and and take a look at. So um, I think the topic warrants the topic determines the the number of words, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I always tell clients, um, write for your audience first and write for oh, Google yeah. second. Um, because especially with how sophisticated Google and other search engines are these days, they can tell if you're writing for them. Um, So what's most important is making sure, like we said earlier, that you're adding value to the conversation. You're not just regurgitating or you're not just going on, you know, long tangents just for the sake of length, but that you're adding value to the online space. And then, you know, 
depending on how much that is, you might be able to turn it into different things. Maybe it's a two-parter blog, um, or it does need to be, you know, something that's more of like a downloadable PDF or something like that. So there's always ways if you feel like you want to say more that you can repackage content to whatever format it's going to make the most sense, one, for your audience, and two, for your goals with creating content. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that that longer form content, if you break it up into smaller chunks, and you say, I, I've got this this long topic that, you know, like your about page example from earlier, Ellen, you know, mm-hmm. you could make, you could make a 3000 word about page, or you can make that into like five articles. And, you know, when we, when we think about SEO and if you're not in the world of thinking about websites and SEO, you hear links are important. And so you, you think of just external links. So links from other websites to your website, but internal links are every bit as important. So if you can create a series of articles that kind of interlink between each other, you, know, you bring up a topic and you link to this post from last week and you bring up this topic from a month ago and you link to that post, that's super helpful to Google too because Google wants and all the other search, search engines, they want the web to be connected. So mm-hmm. if you can connect pages to other posts and posts to other pages within your website, that's super helpful. So think about that when you're creating your content is does this need to be a an Iliad of content oh. or can I break it into like chapter chapter segments oh yeah i'm i'm a literary literary almost a literary genius <laughs> and we're done <laughs> and there it goes and yeah but that you know break, break it into smaller chunks cuz a that's for me that's easier to read i mean there's enough there's a lot of studies out there that say well 1200 words or more that's going to get you more readership or more clicks but that's not that's not a stat that's for every, it's not. It's, it's a stat in a bubble. That's not a stat that goes across every industry, every topic. S- yes, some articles are worth reading if they're super long. Some articles are not. An article on asphalt does not need to be forty five hundred words because no one's going to read that. The owners of that company are not going to sit there and read that. Companies that you know, church company that needs to get their parking lot refilled is not going to read that. But a short chunk article that makes sense, that's easy to digest, and then they can move on. That's worth doing, and you can do you know you can do ten of those in that time. I think time. that's a good point as well, John. That um, your content within blogs, it's not all going to be intended for acquiring an audience, and that's okay. Like you might write a blog that is really helpful for someone that's going to come to your website and wants to know, you know, about um, the process of something that you do the likelihood that that's going to be a hotly searched, you know, search term um, might not be there. So it might not generate traffic, but it still generates value because it's answering questions that your existing or prospective clients have to. So um, I think there's room for all kinds of content, whether it's for the clients that you already have, people that are already on your site, or if you're trying to get new people to come and and see what you're all about, see what you're Mm -hmm. all about. Yeah. And I think we probably already touched on it a little bit when we talked about when Ellen gave her acronym. Um, But, you know, we've talked a lot about how long your actual article should be. But talking about how often you should write, I don't think that there is necessarily a right or wrong answer there. Like, like, oh, you should be writing four blogs a month. It's really whatever is comfortable for you. But the one thing and I know we just harp on consistency If you start out and you say, you know, we want to do, we want to be really active. We have all of these topics we want to cover. We want to do a blog a week. If that isn't sustainable, so say in two months, now you've kind of run out of topics or you've gotten busy or the person who was writing your blogs no longer does that for you and it falls off, 
that's going to look worse than if you just kind of spread it out and did maybe two a month or one a month until you really got into a groove of, you know, adding that content because you also want, you want to be a source where, um, like Rachel was saying, it's not always just bringing new customers in, but you have current customers. You have a current audience that has been to your website before they've purchased your products. They, you want to provide content that they want to come back to. And if they can expect, if they know, you know, oh, they write these really interesting blog topics and I know I can expect it. Um, I can expect, you know, maybe one a month or so they're going to come back and check for those if it's uh, about a product maybe that they're really interested in. Um, so that's where consistency really comes into play. You don't want your customers' expectations to be something that you aren't living up to. Yeah, absolutely. Because then what does what does that convey about the actual work that you do? Right. Might be a little bit of a stretch sometimes for somebody to put that together. But I think especially if a client is looking at your online presence and they see a blog that hasn't been posted to since, you know, last October, they see a Facebook that has like one post from a holiday party in November or December and, you know, they don't see you anywhere else. It can create a sense of absence from Mm -hmm. the digital space that can then kind of move over into the physical space as well. So keep that in mind that if you're going to have these digital channels going, they need to be consistent. You need to have a presence or it can make you feel, you know, like you're not really a part of or of the conversation, sort of like just mm-hmm. a fly on the wall. And a really good example, um, a previous employer of mine, a job I used to work at, we decided we wanted a blog on our website. And, but we were, you know, a company that decided we were going to do everything ourselves. So, um, we're like, it didn't even really start as we want a blog. It started as, oh, this bit of content should go on our website. And it was something that was very much um, like a feel-good narrative. So it wasn't something that would really live on like an About Us page. So we wrote a blog piece and we put it on the website. And it was such a an obscure topic. So it didn't really have, it wasn't about the company, um, but it was just something really good that happened kind of within it. We only had one blog post on that blog for I don't know how long. And so it kind of almost made it seem like like you could look at it from a couple of different aspects. Like, oh, has that not happened in three years or have they not done anything else good in three years because they haven't written about it? Like they put this really wonderful piece of content here celebrating um, an aspect of the business, but they haven't said anything since. It's just kind of this random piece of content sitting there. So definitely have a plan also. Like don't do don't do what we did. <laughs> it's almost like there's an acronym for that. <laughs> this is where the making fun of is coming in. No, 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 no. I'm 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 going to pat you on the back. So settle in. So okay. I was going to say th- th- anyone listening and you say well these marketing people are throwing this crap out there because that's what they want me to do. We literally are doing that for this podcast. We planned yeah. for like 2 months before we did anything. Then we set, we set a plan. This is what we're going to do. We're going to try to do it weekly. We're going to get mics. We're going to get fancy lights and cameras so we look quasi-professional when people have internet connections early. <laughs> then we're going we're gonna to try to be consistent. So this is, you know, we're recording our fourth episode tonight. We haven't done a lick of promotion for it because we're trying to figure out whether it can be consistent and whether it can be sustainable. Because it's not just us sitting here for an hour drinking tea once a week. Like it takes another hour for production afterwards and then we're going to write a blog about it and then we're going to promote it on social media channels. Then we're and then we're going to throw it into our, our other social media channels or shout it out social media channels too. So it's a lot of work 
So before we even started saying, hey, everybody, we're doing this, the, f- the hordes of podcast listeners coming to listen to our amazing marketing podcast, we wanted to make sure that we could actually do this because we might do two more of these and say, well, I don't have the time for this anymore. So we're not going to do it. So we don't look like fools that we set the world on fire and then said, never mind, we're not going to do this anymore. So we're literally doing the PCS methodology that uh, trademark that Ellen going to write on, a book. Pieces, that, maybe? You should. (laughs) Reese's Pieces. That could be our new sponsor. Oh, Reese's Pieces. Anyway, the the PCS. That I, I, I love it. We're doing it. So Ellen's great. (laughs) So, thanks. So a little bit more like practically how that looks as well. Especially, I think like the the most maybe the most overwhelming thing, whether you're writing a blog or you're putting together social media or you're starting a podcast is what are we going to talk about? Um, So what might be helpful, you know, for a month, maybe two, maybe three is if you're in a, if you're in a, an in-person office, you have a whiteboard, just start encouraging one another. Whenever you have an idea for a blog, we'll talk about blogs specifically because that's what we're talking about today. She's just really needy today. I had to mute myself because she threw up in the middle of the living room. Oh, classic Marge. Marge. Little baby. Um, so yeah, start with a whiteboard and just start listing ideas every single time you have an idea for a blog or anytime that you get a repetitive question from a customer, um, you can start listing all those. If you're a virtual team like us, you know, just start a word document or start a spreadsheet and just start listing different ideas as they come up. So by the time you actually start getting to the point where you're like, okay, yeah, we want to start down. We want to start writing these blogs. You already have 10, 20, 30, 40 ideas to go off of. Um, And then I do recommend getting a spreadsheet together, getting some dates together. As you do. Um, As everything. I started a base camp for Tim and I, in case anybody was wondering for our personal family. And it's going swimmingly. We also started a base camp shortly after you introduced base camp. And only one person in this house continues to use the at-home base camp. Is that person a part of two podcasts? (laughs) He is. I was I was told I was told that uh, that was not helpful and that, that they weren't going to check it anymore. So I just well, I took, I took using... off her recurring tasks and just remind her <laughs> visually instead. We have been using notes and like we had notes all over the place. And then he my husband brought up that they were possibly thinking about having base camp at their company. So he was like, let's just do like a family one anyway, that way I can get to know it better. And I was like, Ellen excellent. Even more in my love, love language right now. <laughs> So great. But anyway, so I recommend starting a spreadsheet and just kind of listing all your topic ideas and then, you know, listing who is going to write the blog and then kind of, you know, goal dates. They don't have to be hard dates, but just goal dates for, you know, when you want to have this to your team for a rough draft and then when you'd like it to be live on the site. And, you know, like Ellie was saying with the consistency piece, however often you want that to be. I do recommend to most businesses especially like Ellie said, if you're doing it on your own as a small business, starting with one a month, see if you can keep that up for two, three, four months. And then if you can keep it up and you want to increase that frequency and you have the topics to write about, get up to two um, and just kind of see how that goes from there. But don't, don't overstress yourself. Like Rachel said, the reason we're doing these things is to help our businesses and to not add more stress to your plate. Um, And if you find that it is overwhelming, you can contact us at shoutedoutdesign.com and Ooh. we can help you write those blogs. And and we um, anytime a 
client comes to us and hasn't done blogging, but they want to do blogging, almost every single time we tell them, let's get three done. Let's set the goal at one a month, which is exactly what we're doing with the podcast again. We've got, we've, we're going to have four done before we even start talking about it, even if we do want to start talking about it. So we've got some in, some in the works, some already done, already produced, already ready to go. Then we'll start talking about it, and then we can, can see if it can be sustainable. So if you say, I'm going to do one a month, and I have three, that gives you 85-ish days to get the next blog done. And if you find that after 85 days, you don't have time to do one blog, then maybe maybe once a month is too much for you. Maybe once a maybe once a quarter. Once a quarter, we do have clients or, that they they do once a quarter if that's what's going to work for them and for their audience. So you know, you do what you can. Something is better than nothing as long as it is PCS pieces. Oh, I love it! I love it so much. All right, do we have any other thoughts on blogging before we move to what? Yes, I have one oh, more so thing funny. to add. If sorry. <laughs> Sorry to be a contributor. You, I want to get angry, Rachel. Um, when, one thing I would say is if someone listening to this is just dreading writing, because some people hate writing, um, please know that even some of us that do it for a living can hate it too. I think Oscar Wilde said, I hate writing. I love having written. And I feel that way a lot too. So another tool that I've shared, I've also shared on the shoutoutdesign.com blog. So I'm sure John is... Um, deeply familiar with it is a brain dump. If you're not sure where to start, but you're like, I want to write a blog about this question that I'm asked all the time, get a piece of paper, dump everything that you can think about. I like to write it down, you know, with with my hand old fashioned style, but you could type it too, (laughs) but just get everything out until you feel like you've got nothing else to note about it. Just bullets, you know, thoughts, one word, it doesn't have to be detailed. And then you basically outlined what needs to be included in your article. You can kind of circle things that are similar in the same color, and then you're going to have your little, your little topics. So if you're not sure where to start or you don't want to start, mm-hmm. do a brain dump. This, this podcast is sponsored by brain Excellent piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So it's a uh, Canva brain dump and I, I, I shouted out yeah. Reese's pieces. So yes. Cool. Okay. We're ready to and go. It's a healthy sampling. All right. Okay. I'm so excited because it's our very first guest. Yes. Rachel, what grinds so your many gears? Things. Not John, I hope. <laughs> no. um, you're very rarely on that list, but I'm going to hone in on one thing that is related to what we're talking about. Stop sharing watermarked images, people. And it's not just <laughs> individuals. It's brands too. Oh, that's great. They're... Uh, so what, if you're not familiar with what a watermark is, it's like if you have something that's a draft and you can see draft in the background or, you know, private or confidential, if it's a, an image that someone put a copyright um, signal on or sometimes it's a swirl or it's their logo or their name, you'll see it very faintly in the background. Um, if you have an image, look closely. If you did not create it yourself, look closely. If it's watermarked, don't share it. If you're not sure, don't share it. And what you do share, please attribute when you can. Um, so, yeah, that really grinds my gears when I see someone share an image with a watermark. <laughs> if I could build on what grinds your gears, additionally, very low quality images. The internet is full 
of images that you are allowed to use for free for your blog that are high quality and they look fantastic. Please stop putting images that are like 100 pixels by 50 pixels on your blog that nobody can see and they just look terrible. Like there are other images available. I can promise you that. Oh, it drives me nuts. It's also That's a good one, Rachel. And I'm not saying that I haven't done this before, but it's bad practice to go to Google type in the image that you're looking for and then using that image because A, could be watermarked and you don't see it. B, it could be low quality and you don't really tell until you post your thing. C, it ain't yours, more than likely. Uh, it could be a stock image that you didn't buy. So not only is the artist not getting their cut, uh, but we've had clients and we didn't do this. So let me preface, we've had clients get in trouble, but not our fault of using images that weren't stock, weren't theirs, didn't have rights to. And there are, you know, that's one of the several internet lawyer type things that they go after people that are using their images. Some of them are fake. Some of them are legit. And our, a couple of our clients have hit by, been hit by the legit ones because they went to Google Images, searched for, you know, volleyball, picked up a volleyball picture, said, oh, I see this volleyball picture in eight different places. It's good to go. Well, someone bought that volleyball image for $1,000 and now they want $1,000 from you. And plus legal fees, which lawyers are cheap. So that's fun. So yeah, you there's there's so many stock sites. I'm, I can't think of the one, that one image site that's Pixabay. Pixabay, Pexels, and Unsplash. Unsplash. They're all, all three but of them coming are Coming back free. to... Yeah. And there's, there's so, coming so many Coming back to Canva, because I don't think we've said it enough yet. Um, even within the free version, it does have a, access to a library of images and um, illustrations that you can use as well. So there are resources out there. Don't be lazy. Do better. Do better. When possible, if you can do it high quality, your own imagery is better than stock imagery anyway. So if you can take yep. your own photos or have your own photos taken of your own products or services or whatever it might be, that is 100% the way to go if it's possible. If not, use stock imagery, but make sure it's you own it or you're allowed to be using it. Absolutely. I would say a lot of the time, too, when it comes to imagery in a blog, it kind of ends up being like what we were talking about with um, video marketing. It ends up being almost like the B-roll of your blog post. So like it it may not be unless you're using like, you know, like a diagram or like, you know, something that's showing in depth what your product is or something like that. A lot of the time it just it aids to whatever you're writing about. It kind of just breaks up the text and makes things look a little prettier. So when you're getting those photo shoots done so that you have your actual own imagery and photography to use, try getting some of that B-roll footage of photos as well. So, you know, like a random picture of the front of your office or, you know, your team in a meeting or something like that. Those are all great images that can end up being used in blogs to help support what you're saying or just kind of break up that text. Word. I would also say if you're looking for paid options, iStock and Shutterstock are both great options too. Um, I think Shutterstock can end up being a little bit more expensive than Yeah, that's what I was going to jump in and say. Shutterstock can be expensive. iStock, uh, we pay, um, what's 75? I think it's 90 a month and we get like 50 or 75 photos a month and they let you roll over up to like 250, which we're never at, but it's far cheaper than buying them individually, especially when we're doing clients blogs or client sites so like that's it's a it's a steal for us because then i don't have to worry about our clients getting sued or me getting sued via my clients and we all have great images because there's millions of images there 
noted, uh, you can go to iStock and find great Jersey cow footage, uh, great mini golf footage, and great um, you know banana splits. You can see great imagery by there. And if you buy those, I get like a nickel. So you know, if you're looking around, you need a Jersey cow out in the middle of a green pasture, I get a nickel. So thank you. iStock photo <laughs> sponsored. <laughs> One more thing I would add with the what grinds my gears, Rachel, is um, when images are not renamed and when they're not resized. Those both grind my gears as well. So you're saying I don't need to upload a 40 megabyte photo for a little bitty blog thumbnail? You actually do not. Hmm. But it looks so pretty and I... I want to see all the It'll look of- just as pretty okay. because you, I can guarantee you, you so. most people are looking at it on this. So there's a picture oh. of Tim in March. There's- um, they're not looking at it on their ginormous. This is, this is a 4K screen, so I need all the pixels. <laughs> Promise you, you don't. Okay. You're the expert. <laughs> and then just renaming your images. Um, one, because it makes it more accessible if somebody is using a screen reader, um, then they can have a better understanding of what's going on in the image. And two, you know... If you also want to look at it from what's going to help with your organic search, um, your search engines are going to um, rank or give more credit to pages that have properly renamed and resized their images as well. Speaking of that, have you? I don't, I don't think you three are very big Twitter users. Not anymore. I was back really. in the day. No. Back in the day, Twitter has. Um, if you scroll through and see an image, it has. Uh, it has what type of file it is? You know, GIF, GIF. JPEG, whatever, but it also has alt right next to it. And if you click the alt, the alt tags for the image show up in the like as a like That's a pop up cool. module in Twitter. So it says like where kind of where it came from. It's not like uh it's not like XF yeah. data, like a photo, like this is taken with an iPhone on May 9th, but it's like details about the photo, which is cool. Instagram started doing that as well, that it'll give you the option to add like a description of hmm. what's going on in the image or the video, um, which is kind of cool as well. Just so Lord take Zuckerberg advantage of those if getting more information. Yeah. But it could also be helpful to those that need it. Could be. Or it could just be him sucking our brains. But that's my grind to my gears. So we'll, we'll, we'll skip that for another episode. We always seem to like circle back to poor, poor Mark. Well, yeah, poor, not really poor. Very rich. Not really poor. <laughs> All right. I do think that we have time. Um, for just a quick marketing question related to everything that we've been talking about. Um, so we did get a question of who should write for my blog. So, you know, if a client comes to you or if somebody's just asking you in general, what do you all think? Who should be writing for a blog? I mean, who should write my blog? Is that what you're asking? So like, you know, if a client comes to us and they're like, okay, well, like who's going to actually be writing this content or like, who's going to be like, Working on this, like who's qualified to to write for a blog? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think Rachel and Ellie both touched on elements of what I would answer for this is that yeah, it's more authentic if you do it. Uh, but if you don't have the time to do it, hire someone that can portray your voice well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got clients of like Rachel said of all all over the the gamut of very professional to as unprofessional as it gets. Us. Um, so like you, you, you need to find someone that has your voice. And I think that's why I, one of the many reasons I love all y'all is that when we have a client come along and they, you know, we can kind of get their, their vibe, their, their voice, and I can 
you know, you three are very similar in a lot of ways, but you're also very unique in a lot of ways. So I can say, this is probably a better fit for this client. This is a better, better fit for this client. She's has, she has experience with this type of client. So it's probably more in vain of what she can do. So if you're not going to do it yourself, if you're not going to dedicate the time to create 300 words a month, um, or you feel like your 300 words aren't going to be very pretty, um, you know, find someone, interview a bunch of people that are going to be able to have your voice. Uh, and then of course the cost is going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be when you talk to a bunch of different people. Uh, if you mm-hmm. find someone that's going to write you a blog for $10, you're probably going to get exactly what you pay for, where you could just <laughs> do, it, do it yourself and get something far better. So I would talk to uh, people within your shop and your, in your business to see if they have a hidden talent for writing uh, or do it yourself. Yeah. And uh, this might be like a little subtle brag, but, and this kind of goes for shout it out design in general, not just myself, because this is kind of just how we do things. But um, a fairly new client of mine, she let me know how much she appreciated the fact that, or how, how many questions basically that I asked her or how in depth I got with her just about trying to get to know her business and how she wanted to convey information. And um, she just really appreciated how, like, how much of a conversation we had basically around, and this was all about her blog. So, so that I was able to write her blog, I needed to know about her business. I need to know how her day to day goes or what they do or what kinds of clients they deal with. Um, and she really appreciated that because she had experience with a previous company that, um, she, she herself didn't even understand the blogs or the content pieces that she was getting sent to her because they didn't have an understanding of her business. They just kind of wrote what they thought and sent it along. And she said it didn't fit the brand. It didn't fit even what we did. Um, so yeah, little subtle brag on us, but, um, that just goes to show the importance of, you know, find somebody that does want to get to know who you are as a business. They're going to be able to provide the best content for you. So yeah, absolutely. And kind of what you, you kind of already touched on this, Ellie, but like it is, it is a partnership. So, you know, if you are, whether you're keeping it in house with one of your team members, or if you are going to partner with somebody like Shadow Design or another digital marketing agency is keeping in mind that like the information lives in your head, but you have to share it with somebody in order for them to turn it into something beautiful. So um, Ellie kind of touched on her process. Um, I think Rachel, Ellie, and I all kind of have similar processes when it comes to our blogs, but they kind of differ a little bit. Um, but like keep in mind that you know, writing a blog is a process. So if whoever you're working with starts a blog with, you know, sending you eight to 10 questions, that doesn't mean that like your answers to those questions are going to be what the blog is. I always make sure I tell my clients that, that, you know, I'm doing my own research and then I'm also asking your questions so I can bring it all together and, you know, turning in, turn it into something that's going to be um, useful and helpful for your website. Um, so really get to understand, I guess why I'm saying this is get to understand if you're going to work with somebody, no matter who that person is, figure out what their process is um, so that you know what to expect. Because I think we all work better when we know exactly what it is to expect throughout the process. Yeah. Rachel agrees. Oh, you can't hear me nodding, can you? Nod. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't hear you nod. <laughs> It's funny. I, I have the same problem with Scarlett. Like she'll get obsessed about wh- whether I write something wrong mm-hmm. on the board. And I was like, 
this isn't a visual. This is this is just you and me in a room with someone on camera. Like when you when you were on the other day, Rachel, like she was getting obsessed about the ordering of the things. I'm like, we don't need to bring this up. Or she brought up like something like, well, you you have your dance party. Like no one remembers these things. Like we can just <laughs> just just be in this moment and then not worry about anything else. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for being our first guest, Rachel. Thanks Woo. for having me. This was fun. You are our best guest so far. Oh. It's true. You sure are. Flatterer. Number one on our roster, number oh. one in our hearts. It's true. <laughs> Where'd we be without you? Same That's true. Yeah, if, uh, if it wasn't for Rachel being a success, I would have been much more gun-shy about bringing anyone else on. So. <laughs> it is true. Thanks, Rachel. We appreciate it. <laughs> I'd have been like, nah, I don't think employees are for me. I think I'll just uh, go dip ice cream and not do the website <laughs> thing anymore. So I'm also glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. I'm never leaving. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple of times, so I'm, I'm glad you keep uh, reiterating. It's almost that. been six years. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Okay. The longest I've ever worked anywhere. You guys have been, Rachel, you have been John's employee exactly, almost exactly as long as Tim and I have been together, so that's kind of fun. How many times can I bring up Tim in, in one podcast? He needs to be a guest. Well, we thought about bringing him on for the the video video marketing, but Ellen said he wasn't he wasn't qualified to do it, so <laughs> couldn't have him on. Not even true. I completely forgot <laughs> that like that's what he well, does. That's even worse. <laughs> I was making it up. <laughs> you said that's even worse. <laughs> forgot fine. what my husband did. Everything's fine.